Hey, what's good, Wizards fans? Welcome to the latest episode of the Off the Bench Podcast, presented by the Alibaba Group. I'm Chris Miller of NBC Sports Washington. Hey, we're here in Chicago taking part in the NBA Draft Combine. All week long, we've talked to Wizards executives, and today's guest is a former Wizard and the captain, Antoine Jameson, who spent 16 years in the NBA. He is now the Senior Director of Pro Personnel, We'll get Antoine's take on the evaluation process this week in Chicago and how going to college games and speaking to coaches and doing interviews with players is all a part of the process of making that decision in June. Just a reminder, make sure you download, subscribe, and leave a comment here on the Off the Bench podcast. But it's time now to hear from the captain, Antoine Jameson, on the latest edition of the Off the Bench podcast. You know I still call you the captain, right? Is, is that okay if I still do that? You can call me anything you want to, man. But just call you. <laughs> yeah, just call <laughs> Senior Director you, of Pro Personnel, the captain, Antoine Jameson, joining us on this latest edition of the Off the Bench podcast. Every time I see you, I just reminisce, bro. Yeah. I reminisce the number four thumbs up after you made a tough bucket <laughs> on Drew Gooden, running back on the other end of the court. Oh, uh, man. I just... What's it like now for you, kind of like life after basketball, but still immersed in the game? It's a combination of, first and foremost, actually being able to sit back Mm -hmm. and just think and realize of all the accomplishments, whether it's from college, my time at Golden State with the 51 back-to-back, especially my time in D.C., especially now working for the Wizards. And just all the Hall of Famers and all-star players I played alongside and played against and things of that nature. You know, my kids are now in this phase of just, they asking questions back and forth. You know, they they want to go to college, they want to play in the NBA. So they asking me, you know, I mean, I didn't know you was that nice. And I'm like, I've been trying to tell you that since you've been born. You know, You're YouTubeable. <laughs> yeah. You're YouTubeable. <laughs> so man, it's, it's been great. But the most important thing, Chris, it's been a smooth transition away from the game of basketball. You know, people ask me, you know, do you miss it at all? I'm like, no, I didn't miss any practices. I tried to play as many games as possible, so I didn't, I don't have anything left to prove or anything left that I didn't, you know, to put in the tank. But yeah. uh, to be back home in D.C. to hang out with you and, you know, see Darren and, yeah. and Jackie Miles and those guys <laughs> and Sashia and, yeah. and, of course, you know, T-Shep and those guys, it's been, ideally, this is the smoothest transition you can possibly have to somebody who, Played the game for 16 years, fell in love with the organization, but of course because of business and you know me trying to accomplish some other things, I moved on. But then I found my way back home, you know, from the you know the, from everybody, man. This is the way it should be, yep. should have happened, the way it is happening. And then now, gradually, I'm learning every day what it takes to to be a part of a successful franchise, what it takes to run a franchise, and teach up and. Johnny Rogers and Frank Lawson, those guys, and Brandon, those guys have done an unbelievable job as far as helping me out. And, and you know, I humble myself to still learn. It's a lot of things I still got to learn about the game, a lot of things I still have to learn to take myself away from that former player mm-hmm. mentality. And um, it's been refreshing. It's been something that I needed. And like I said, man, I've, every time you see me, I'm smiling. Yeah, always, always. Yeah. I mean, yeah. life is short. You know, we was talking about my brother, but this is this is what it's all about. You know, from the Washington Wizards, a team that I love, franchise that I love, Mr. Leonsis and the rest of the staff has been unbelievable. So it's been great, 
And uh, most importantly, like we gotta find some uh, some help for my man Brad and the rest of these guys, so we can get back to that championship yep. level type uh, player basketball. You know, for a guy that has played at a high level 16 years, and the numbers you were able to amass during your time in the league, I'm curious when you come to Chicago and you kind of look over, and you're seeing these young kids who have goals and aspirations of one day maybe having a 16 year career. How do you watch the combine? You specifically, not uh, not someone who didn't play in the NBA, but someone that had a 16-year career. How do you watch these young kids? Well, first and foremost, you know, it's the the fundamentals. Mm-hmm. You know, the shot rotation, how it looks coming off their hands, the way they move. Um, this is just you know the drills. Uh, but when you watch them play, what really stands out? You have to do one thing mm-hmm. that stands out. You know, do you have control of the floor? Do you see the ball? Do you see the floor well as a point guard, as a floor general, as a facilitator, uh, as a shooting guard? Can you draw attention to yourself? Can you not only create the shot for yourself, but create shots for others? Uh, now you got this three and D. You know, can you really defend the ball and also be able to shoot the ball as well? And for these bigs, man, that's the tricky thing because this game is totally different. The days of having a, a uh, traditional center back to the basket are pretty much over with. Mm-hmm. You know, the two guys that come to my mind is Jokic and Embiid. Right. But they do so much other things that contribute to the game One's of basketball. One's point five. Yeah. <laughs> right. One, they run the ball through him. Yeah. Embiid can go off to the floor. I mean, spread the floor, shoot from the perimeter. He can put the ball on the floor. So you either have that type of big or you have the big that can set screens and just go to the basket. You just throw that thing up. So, um, I look at it as, you know, what exactly do you do specifically well that catches the eye? And then also you have to look at the numbers. You know, uh, it's a data-driven league now, yeah. what the numbers say, and numbers don't lie. You know, my man Jay-Z said, yeah, yeah. you know, people do, but numbers don't. <laughs> so just trying to get, you know, familiar with that and, and kind of put that into the equation as well. But then also, it's these diamonds in the rough. You know, and you find those guys when you talk to them one-on-one. And you see some of these guys, especially for us, you look at the history of that 10th pick, man, it's a lot of guys who've been in all-star games, mm-hmm. uh, who've won championships and things of that nature. One of them was your former teammate, Ron Butler. Butler. So, uh, you know, I don't see another, another tough juice out there, <laughs> but there's some talented guys, especially around the range that we are, are going to pick at, that I do believe that can come in and contribute right away. Okay. And that's the thing, like normally, you know, we had time to wait, I mean, to wait for these guys and in certain situations you do, but I do believe at that position, at that pick, we can find a guy that can come in, whether it's a wing or a big or a guard that can come in right away and contribute. Tommy, Wes, and even Frank talked about best player available. Once you get to 10, it's kind of let your board play out. Uh, but you've been in there a couple times now, right, during the, during the actual draft process. What's that like when you guys are all arguing, selling your guy? Yeah. I like this guy. No, I like this guy. What's that kind of like for you? And then for you guys to in full concert, be like, okay, this is the pick on Thursday draft night. Well, first and foremost, you have to give Tommy and Frank credit because they allow us to to speak our mind. Okay. There's no like, oh, I can't really say what I want to say. Like, if you don't say what you want to say, you definitely get called out. And that's the thing that has been a joy for me because I do have a voice. Mm-hmm. You know, they do listen to my opinion and what I and what I think and what I feel. And believe me, 
I mean, you got Frank in there with Dickie and Tony. I mean, you have some. Yeah. The thing I love about this this organization and this group of people that we have, we have so many guys that can contribute to the game of basketball. We got so many minds that have, that have coached the game, that have played the game, that have been around basketball for a long time, and you have to take advantage of that. And I think one thing we have done is taken advantage of that. You look at the picks that we've done over the years, the talent that we have is not a question. The question is like, how do we get these guys to play on one accord, and how do we get these guys to get into this team concept that we're trying to trying to uh, get into? So, I, I look at you know the New Orleans Pelicans, and I'm like, what's the difference between their young guys and our young guys? There's no difference. Is that they found a way to mesh. The chemistry is a lot better than what we have. Of course, would have been with COVID, um, the traditional way that we do things, the amount of time that we have guys to develop. It's kind of uh, slowed up the process, but uh, one thing in this business that sometimes you don't have is patience. Yeah. And I think we really have to be patient with Rory and Denny because I guarantee there's a lot of teams out there that would love to have these guys that we have. And I do think that the draft process has really worked its way itself out. It's just difficult between the trades that we made, COVID, trying to get back on a regular schedule program, uh, and so forth, and knowing that we have a new coach, you mm -hmm. know, who's trying to implement what he wants to do and his philosophies about what we're going to do offensively and defensively. You know, our number one player, Brad, has been hurt, so we got to get him healthy. So for me, it's just, you know, let's, you know, weather the storm. You know, we have an unbelievable chance to get a great player for the next 10 plus years. Let's take advantage of that. But to be behind the scenes, and that was the one thing that always intrigued me. Like, how do we get to this process of picking this guy? Mm -hmm. And when I first got there, I was like. The amount of homework that homework. goes into. Oh. And people don't realize this. So when these kids come and sit down with you guys this week in Chicago, and you guys ask this kid a question, you already know the answer, right? Like the practice. <laughs> we got uh, Marriott rewards for all the times we stayed at the hotels. Like, dude, like, it's been times I travel more than, you know, the actual NBA player, but I love the game and I love what I do, but we know everything about these players. That's the one thing you're not going to be able to do. You know, from when I was coming up, I think it was some, you know, we might not know, but we know family background. We know how many times you've been in trouble. We know what kind of grades you made in school. So the homework is always being done. And the thing about it I like is that, you know, sometimes as scouts, we get into our mind like, oh, this is my guy. We got to get this guy. And I think we got in trouble a lot because they don't always, it's not always a solution. So Tommy and those guys have come with an unbelievable uh, thing that we do, formula. We combine what the, the data says and the eye tests and we find a way to put them together. And I think we drafted well over the years. It's just right now, new coaching staff, COVID, just trying to be patient to get these guys on one accord. We made some unbelievable trades in the past. Let's not say that it might, it might be an option going forward as well, but uh, it's been it's been refreshing. It's been interesting to see how do we get to this point at number ten. Yeah. And the thing about it, you know, uh, as you know, the draft we might have a guy who's the, the number two prospect, and he might drop, and you know, you just never know. On draft you better night. be ready. You better be ready. And <laughs> sometimes it's a guy like, hey, he falls to us, man. We did not see this, but. Every team has they got evaluated differently, but I trust the, the, the way we do things. Um, I trust the, the people that are running 
uh, the draft process. And uh, like I said, we have a lot of knowledge, a lot of eyes that have seen just about every player play. We yeah. got an unbelievable international uh, scouting department that do, as you see, we got some guys from overseas that have come in and contribute to the yeah. Wizards as well. So it's been a great process. I really enjoyed it. And like I said, Chris, every day I'm learning something. Yeah. I humble myself to the point I don't know everything, of course, but it's been it's been great to learn uh, the way to run to run a franchise that I have uh, these last couple of seasons. Uh, you know, learning from Tommy and the rest of these guys. All right, I gotta ask you: Have you ever been biased in your evaluation where you see a guy and you go, "Damn, that looks like a young Antoine Jameson now." I like the floater, <laughs> you know, because you know, listen, when you're when you're a great player and you see something that reminds you of yourself. That kid's probably going to get a little check mark here yeah. or there. Has, has that happened to you? Or you've seen a guy and you go, the problem, oh, I like that. The problem, Chris, is that my game was so unorthodox. <laughs> <laughs> it, it'd be like, hold up. I don't know if I like his game or not, but I have been calls it janky. Yeah. Your game is janky. Oh, yeah. I hate it playing against it, but I can tell you that. But you know, I haven't come across a guy who, who had a very unorthodox or unique game quite like myself. But of course, there's been guys that I fell in love with. You know, it's one guy, I won't mention his name, but he plays for a different team, and I, w I would love to see him. Yeah. Uh, but we'll see um, just because of what he brings to the table. But it's always been guys that are like, look, this is the guy I know that would look perfect mm -hmm. in a Wizards uniform. But like I said, we have a process. That because you, through. let me stop you right here. I love what you just said right there, and I kind of want people to understand this. Sweat equity matters. Yes. When you put that jersey on, and I've always told people this story about what you left John in, in the locker room. You left him a portrait of the Larry O'Brien trophy, and you were kind of passing on to him, hey, man, you're the guy now, boom, 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 yeah. boom. So your sweat in that uniform matters to me, yeah. and I think it matters to a lot of people. That has to have probably a little more value than just somebody that's just kind of like, yeah, I watch the games, but... Like you said, you're coming home. This means something to yeah. you, and the value of your voice should really matter. Because I, I, one thing I do understand is that I knew what it took to get to this point. Mm -hmm. I know what it takes to go to a university for mm -hmm. three years, two, mm -hmm. sometimes one. But I know this whole process and what these guys are going through. And the thing I like to, you know, just I always put my, my former player cap on because I have an understanding of when I first got drafted, I couldn't shoot the ball at all. And I think sometimes we get caught up as far as the player that we see in college, that's the guy we want to see in the pros. That's not the case at all. I don't want to see the same player I saw in college. I want to see somebody who can be able to evolve into right. something totally different. Mm -hmm. So now we see a guy that, you know, he can dribble the ball, he can pass, and he can't shoot a lick. Well, that's the thing we're taking a chance on. Okay, right now he can't shoot, but does he have that work ethic? That's when you get the, the information from the coaches, like it's the first one in the gym, the last one to leave. You know, I ask these guys, like, you know, since you've been out of college, how many jump shots you shooting, you know, from a prospect that is not, that wasn't a good shooter in, in college. Mm -hmm. So right, when, right then, that lets me know right, right now that eventually, he can evolve into the type of player that we would need him to be or the type of player that would have success for 10 or 12 years in the NBA. So that's the thing I can always relate to these players is that, you know, I was this skinny kid from the University of North Carolina that had this, this quick little floater, but 
my first game was against Charles Barkley. He was like, <laughs> I don't care about no floater. Get out the way. And it was just like, you know, I, I understand that process. I understand that it's going to take years to get to the point of the weaknesses that you do have. Mm-hmm. Can you get to that point? Yep. And all that goes with the background, with, mm-hmm. you know, practice habits, you know, the type of mentality that he has, what drive him. You love basketball? Oh, man. Exactly. You know, that, if you don't love basketball. Do you love ball? <laughs> or do you love everything that kind of comes with it? But at the end of the day, do you like that 9 a.m. shoot around? Do you like competing? Do you love the game of basketball or what basketball can bring to you? Right. Let me ask you about the human element of evaluating humans. Yeah. How hard is that? Uh, is that the hardest part of evaluation? It is. And that's the thing you have to rely on your, your, uh, your coworkers. Because, you know, especially for me, not being able to see as many college games mm-hmm. as a lot of these college uh, scouts, you have to rely on them. Because I can look at a game on film and it looks totally different than watching it live. And that's why we're all here. Right. We can see how a guy moves. We can see how he gets out of his break. We can see how low he gets to the ground. And the thing about this, this scenario is that the level of competition is equal. Yeah. These are the guys that, okay, you know, you're going to see probably on the next level. And also, of course, the greats, you know, that have been playing for the last eight to ten years as well. But... You have to rely on your coworker because, like I said, you have to humble yourself. I don't know everything. Yeah. I just know how it was when I was in the situation, and I was like, you know what? I don't see it. Help me understand what you see that I don't see. Mm-hmm. And that's the one thing I like about this process is that I trust a Tony DeLeo. Uh, you know, I trust a lot of these guys, Dickie Simpson, who's been watching high school, these, these kids since high school. So, like, tell me how you get that, because I don't get that. Mm-hmm. Then we have that conversation, like, I understand it now. Mm-hmm. So sometimes, like you said, you are human. You know, you make mistakes. You see things you probably want to see that's yeah. not there. Mm-hmm. And that's when you have to rely, like, do you see the same thing I'm seeing? Mm-hmm. You do so, okay, okay. I, I just wanted to make right. sure. Right. And... Uh, that's the one thing about having an amazing team surrounding you, and I think Tommy has done that from the pro department, from the college department, and now we're starting to come, you know, come together. Some of the college people are starting to like help us out with the pro side, and vice versa. Because in order for us to get to where we want to get, Chris, I don't want to keep peaking at ten and thirteen. Absolutely. I want to be in DC right now, getting ready for the Eastern Conference Finals mm-hmm. and things like that. Mm-hmm. As a player, I wanted that. Now in the front office, I wanted even more because I never had that opportunity as a player. So now that's the only chance. That's the only way it's going to make it happen. And the thing I love about it, I'm not the only one that feels that way. Right. You know, a lot of my, all of my coworkers feel that way. Everybody in the front office. But most importantly, I want players to feel the same way I feel. I want these players to be like, you don't what want it to hurt more year. for you than it does for yeah. them because they're the ones that are out there. What happened last year is unacceptable. Let me finish with this. What is the difference between a player with the skills of a Bradley Beal and a guy that's the 15th guy on a roster? What makes great players great? And where is the difference between that guy and a guy that's scratch fighting and clawing to get to the big club? Yeah, first and foremost, is the talent. Okay. You know, that's, I mean, each and one of you guys have a certain type of talent. Mm-hmm. When we drafted Brad, did we see Brad 
taken off to be this type of player. The thing that separates the reason why Brad got to where he, he, he's gotten and another player who might have been talented than Brad, uh, it's their work ethic. It's their desire to be the great. Uh, how a guy competes. You know, it's funny to me that we have to scout effort now. Back when I played, you didn't give effort, you didn't play at all. You know, we, we have to like look for, does he have a high motor? You know, now it's, and it's, I don't, this is the one thing I have to wrap my head around. Does guys even want to play? For me, it was a privilege to play all 82 games. And I get it, we have low management. Yep. You know, it's a different, you know, time and age, but, and, and I understand that, but you have guys that are, oh, I played 60 games this year. I had a couple of 25, 30-point games. I'm cool with that. I can take this, the last 15, 20 games off. I don't want anybody like that on this team. You're not going to win that way. You're not going to get to the level of success that we're trying to get to with that type of mentality. So now we have to, like, look for it. Does he have a high motor? Does he give effort night in and night out? That should be a given. It right. should be, like. That's a prerequisite. Yeah. Right. What kind of tools he have in his toolbox that can help out this team? But, you know, what separates guys in this league now is those little things. Mm-hmm. You know, to see a guy like LeBron James who took the initiative to spend as much money as possible to make sure that his body is ready to play 18, 19 years. For me, I understand that because in the summertime, that was the most important time for me to make sure that I did the little things by doing yoga and all this other stuff. Now, of course, the things they got going on now is way more advanced than what right. it was when I played. Right. But I wanted to make sure my body could withstand 82 games. I couldn't shoot a lick. Mm-hmm. I said, you know what? In order for me to use that quickness, I got to be able to expand my game and shoot the ball. Mm-hmm. I couldn't dance with it, but give me two dribbles, I'm getting <laughs> where I need to get to. So, like, you know, what's going to be the the type of player we draft in year one to the type of player hopefully we get to year 14, 15, how many other years? It's those little things in between that separates them. So I guarantee you, I played with guys that were more talented than I was, that could shoot the ball better, more athletic, but they didn't, want, they, they didn't have the drive, they didn't have the work ethic that I had, that I developed. And those are the little things that separates a guy like Bradley Beal from one of these guys who have just – as uh, much talent as Brad, mm-hmm. but why didn't they succeed? It's those little things. Because I think most of these guys get to the point where, okay, all my life I wanted to make it to the NBA. I finally get drafted. I made it. <laughs> it's just getting started. Yeah. And the thing that helped me out, God rest his soul, Coach Smith, those guys prepared me for the next level. Mm-hmm. It was ingrained in me from day one. So when I got to the NBA level, I was like, this is it. This This is all we got to do. And, you know, it's just, to me, it's simple, but it's not these days. It's a whole different game, the way they view the game, the way they compete, the way they just love the game of basketball is totally different. And now, you know, we have to find a way to get those guys who want to come in and give effort, who want to come in and compete, because we have the coach. And I, I love Wes, as you know. Yeah. I've been with Wes, you know, since day one. And I want to give him a chance. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to give him a, you know, put him behind the eight ball because 
we put him with a bunch of players who just, you know, it looks good, you know, in, in dressing. But we want guys that are gonna come in and, and give work. We got guys that want to come in and sacrifice. Everybody can't be a Bradley Beal. You know, can we get a guy to come in and, and be a PJ Tucker? You know, be that type of role player to come in. Like, look, I just want to defend. A guy to come in. You know what? I don't want the body want to block shots. I want to block shots and rebound and put somebody on, you know, yeah. by setting screens. That's the type of mentality that we have to start, you know, uh, looking at now. And I do believe we have guys, talented-wise, that can compete on any level. You know, now we just got to find those one guys that's going to stand out and, like, challenge their teammates night in and night out. Mm -hmm. You know how it was when Absolutely. we had D. Steve and Karan. There no days off. Mm -hmm. Like, Karan, but if we... We just did this. I right. <laughs> exactly. come across that line, folks. You know, to come on and talk. Yeah. You know, that's, that's how we're gonna do it, and that made me a better player. And I think we have to uh, incorporate a lot of those guys into our team. And I do believe we do have guys like that. Now with the new coaching staff, we just gotta get that chemistry uh, down pat and uh, get some more guys to come in and compete at a high level. He's still my captain. I don't care what anybody <laughs> says. 16-year NBA veteran. Always Put making up some me look good, man. Always. <laughs> Thank Appreciate you so much, man. Appreciate you so much.